Broadcasting from another dimension. Deep within the Ghost Shrimp National Forest. Sending you secrets from the future directly into your motherfucking mind. <laughs> what up, everybody? Welcome back to the Ghost Shrimp and Friends podcast, episode 75. <laughs> it's a juicy one. Today is what, Saturday morning here? I got my sipping old juicy cup of coffee with me. Mm. We are keeping it raw. We are keeping it real. We are keeping it motherfucking hyped. And I'm here to motivate you once again mm. to pursue that motherfucking dream life because you are the only person living your life. So live it for yourself, for the best things you can imagine, for the most amazing plans you can concoct in that creative brain in your head. We are all creative animals in an infinite universe. What is your destiny? What is your potential? Have you taken that leap of faith out in there to see what the universe has in store for you? You know what I'm saying? We certainly are giving you that push off the edge. You got to take that leap. And my man Alfonso de Anda, a.k.a. Ghost Scout Psych Lord, has definitely taken that leap, and he is flourishing. He is thriving out here in Mexico. You know, we're taking another little international voyage today on the Ghost Shrimp and Friends podcast, continuing to check in with the Ghost Scouts across the globe, scattered across the continents on this magic, magical, magical planet that we exist on in this very dimension that we all share together. Um, this is a, this is Psych Lord's, what, second, third? I can't remember. I think it's his second solo episode. You can go back uh, about a year and a half maybe and hear uh, the episode where he's in grad school in Manhattan in New York City. And now he has taken a jump back to the homeland in order to really connect with his, you know, with his fucking creative heart and his, he has a, he has uh, a lot of, great connections down there and a flourishing career which he will get into it's so inspiring to hear him talk about where he's at right now i am so hyped for my man alfonso and we get into a juicy ass combo on this episode as usual so um y'all are going to be very inspired by this one um, fuck it. Let's just jump right into it. Let's kick it over to my man A Wall One and get into it. Go shrimp and friends. 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 Go shrimp and friends.
Okay, here we are. Okay, here we are once again, welcoming in a very special guest returning to the podcast all the way from Mexico. We're talking about my man, Psych Lord, a.k.a. Alfonso de Anda. Welcome, my friend. What up? What up? It's nice to be back. Yeah, back on the pod, the gummy emperor himself. What's new with the gummy situation in Mexico, dude? I like what that. Is I, like that. I like that. I'm I'm writing it down. The gummy emperor. The emperor uh, of gummies. You know what? I haven't really been eating that much candy anymore. I still dig it though. There's like some spicy gummies down here that I really like. Oh, it's damn, like gummy I really bears that like the idea of spicy gummies. On, Holy uh, shit. Yeah, they're like gummy bears that are dipped on some like gooey chili sauce. Um, wow. They're dope. They're dope. That sounds fucking amazing. We got to definitely get a uh, a package of those coming up across the border. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you have been less into the, have you been getting some cavities? You've been getting the dentist been chastising you or what? <laughs> No, I've been eating more sweet bread. There's like lots of good pastries down here, and mm. that's where I, that's where I get my sweets. Um, but yeah, hey, no diss to gummies. I still I'm still the gummy emperor. Yeah, dude, definitely. So yeah, so you're back in Mexico. Last time we spoke to you, you were uh, living in New York. Uh, had you just completed your schooling, or were you in school? I can't remember. I think I was finishing. Okay. Like I was like on the on the last bit. That uh, sounds about right. Because it must have, I think it was like 20, maybe like 2017 uh, that probably. we talked. Yeah, probably. So yeah, I was finishing the, I was like on, on towards finishing it, towards finishing the master's degree. Now, now, now you can call me master. Now you are the master, dude. The, the master, master gummy emperor. Master, yes. And so <laughs> you had, so, so yeah, tell us about, you know, finishing up school and deciding you you made the decision to go back to your homeland back to the homie land where you got your crew and connections and you know you've been kind of you know working uh here and there and and tell us about you know just your thinking in the in the landscape of your career here so far Warren well I was in New York and I finished so I finished school and I I applied for the artist visa and I got it, it was a whole fucking ordeal but, I remember uh, that. I remember that. You were like, you had to get a lawyer and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Spend some dough and stuff. And, mm-hmm. and I stayed in New York for a little bit, but just the overhead was like too expensive um, mm-hmm. that I was not being able to, I was, I was being able to survive and stay afloat, but not really thrive. Mm-hmm. Um, thrive is the word. Yeah. Thriving. Thrive. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great word. Yeah. You want to thrive in your career. You don't want okay. to survive. You definitely want to thrive. Yeah. So, uh, so I was like, I, mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if this New York thing. And also at the same time, like it, there was like lots of opportunities in New York or that's what they say. But also at the same, like if I couldn't afford to get those opportunities, I felt that being there, it was just slowing me down as opposed to kind of like helping me out. And uh, and I'd been thinking about coming to Mexico City because I have a couple of homies who are also illustrators uh, who who are here. Um Raul Pardo is a ghost scout, so shout out to Raul and then Dude, another homie. Shout out of mine. the beach sausage. Yeah, yep, yep. And uh, another homie of mine, his name is David Rocha. David Rocha uh, also lived here. Uh, we've been homies since we were 13, and coincidentally, like 
we were both illustrators. So um, in May, I had two projects down here in Mexico City, one in May and one in July. So mm -hmm. I was like, I either fly back and forth or I stay there for the three months and uh, just test, like, test the waters and see if I like the city. And I got here and it was dope. So I was like, Shh, I'm staying. Like, I don't need to. I had no, like, mission of, like, I want to be X or Y in New York. So I was like, I don't, like, I don't need to stay in New York. Because uh, I was thinking, like, I either get out of here or sacrifice half of my week and get a part-time job at a cafe. But, like, I don't want to do that. Like, why would I do that if I can be in a place with my homies and just do full-time illustration? And uh, so now I'm here. I'm chilling in Mexico City, having a lot of fun. Uh, I had my homies here. And also there's a big community of people who are making stuff here that are really cool and friendly. So I made a, like a bunch of new friendships really quickly. It was dope. That's awesome. That's super cool. Yeah, that was definitely the same thinking that I had at the you know, at the end of my school in New York City, I was seeing how people, what people were doing to stay there. And I was like, mm, I'm not sure that this really makes sense with like my mission as a creative person, you know, wanting as much creative freedom as possible. That was, you know, strategically one of the hardest places to have that, you know, and I yeah. was like, I've like had a lot of fun here. Now I'm like really familiar with New York and I got a bunch of friends here and I can come back anytime I want. And, you know, but let me go pursue, you know, my quality of life and, and, and creative freedom elsewhere. Yeah, definitely. Like down there, I was, I was just living month to month and like eating lentils every day. Cause that was like what I could afford and working out of my room. And I don't know, it's just like, not, it's not what I wanted and what I like, it, it was not the place I wanted to be at. Right. And, uh, so I was like, fuck it eating lentils you traded the tuna the tuna special the camp tuna special for the for the lentil for the, lentils, uh, yeah. the lentil city special yeah that's that's the urban special Yo, yeah, but lentils, are super, lentils are super nutritious i love lentils i eat yeah. the shit out of lentils for sure when i was doing when i was living alone and you know cooking up stews and stuff lentils were very high on that list you know that's that's some pack for the for the punch right there yeah um but yeah, so that's that's what uh, coming like moving to Mexico was about, and it's dope because like now I can, like I'm here in Mexico, I'm getting gigs, and also, yeah, I guess another thing that played uh, an ingredient to um, me staying here was that I've been, I think I told you before we we catched up a little bit before we started recording this, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, but uh, I've been drawing for a long time and 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 making stuff. And showing it to people for a long time it's just it recently became sustainable but i've been doing it for a long time so here in mexico i have more of a career than in like in new york i was nobody mm -hmm. and then here in mexico i have like you know like solid a bunch of years to kind of like back me up yeah um, you put in the work you've laid the groundwork you planted all those seeds your garden in mexico is fucking flourishing right yeah and in yeah, New yeah, York, yeah. you're in New York. You're just trying to get a little. You're running around with one sprout, trying to find some sunlight amongst the shadows of all those skyscrapers. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, and now, now, like living down here, I can like, you know, I have, I have a, a, I share an apartment, and then I have a studio space, and I, 
I'm able to save a little bit of money so that I can go to New York or go to the States for fares. And like, so it's like I'm getting the best of both worlds. Also getting clients that pay you in dollars and spending the money in pesos. Yeah. That's, that's good. That's a good conversion. Right. Totally. Totally. That's smart. That's awesome. So what kind of projects have you been working on down there? Um, I've been doing, I've been doing a little bit of a lot of things like, or, or like from four varied industries, uh, which is something that I, I've always really enjoyed. And to my surprise, while I was in school, it was like not taught that much. Like they didn't tell a whole lot of people like, yo, you can do like illustration is so flexible that you can use it in all this assorted uh, or all these types of projects. It was more like you can do editorial or, or children's books. And, uh, and, but anyway, sidetracked. Yeah, yeah, no, so that's I'm, crazy though. That's a, that's a, such a crazy way to think. Because if you're a good illustrator or a good visual artist, you can really plug that into anything. That's that's what I that's why I love being a freelancer rather than you know being in the studio where you're kind of, you know, tied to one job. I love the idea of freelancing, having all types of amazing jobs to come that that come your way, and you having to come up with different creative solutions for each one. Yeah. That's that's to me one of the most stimulating parts of being an artist. Oh, definitely. And it's fucked up though because like. The, so the, the I went to school for a master's degree. I was already doing illustration, so I already knew kind of like this, like the multi, uh, like not the multi, but like the the versatility of the profession. Right, but right. Some You're people, like, I've already been some, doing this. Yeah, there were some people who did the master's degree. That it was the first time that they were pursuing art, and mm -hmm. it's like, yo, you're telling these new kids that you can only do work for these two industries. And then they get out of school and they don't get work from those two industries. And like they don't it's a lot of times you don't you cannot think of things that you don't know that exist. Right. So, you know, what I'm saying so it's like, oh, I'm a failure because I'm not getting books or I'm not getting editorial illustration. It's like, dog, you can do like illustrations for a ton of shit. Yeah, that's not neither books nor editorial. Mm -hmm. um, but I've been doing I've been doing some work like for editorial, like magazines and uh, your newspapers uh that's cool uh, and what are the are those quick turnarounds like a couple days uh some of them are yeah there was a, the, the last in december i did one for the new york times mm -hmm. and it overlapped when i was going to be at disney with my parents mm -hmm. uh so it's funny like i i had a i had like a, a video meeting and i we were at disney and i just went to the starbucks and like fucking had the meeting and then for a day i stayed at the hotel and worked for like a day and a half it was like a two days turnaround Mm -hmm. uh, but I like that. It like it. Uh, I think quick turnarounds are a good exercise for not being too precious about decision making and just Definitely. being like, you know, like you got one shot. You shoot from the hip, like bam, 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 mm -hmm. and then at the end, you either lie, you're, you're like either satisfied with the result or not. But like mm -hmm. you don't have time to linger in like decision making. Yeah. Yeah, that was a fun way to start my career doing a lot of stuff for the New York Times book review with those like it was it was given to me on like a Friday and it was due on a Monday and you just fucking did it. You know, you like you like, you know, you penciled it one day, inked it and then colored it like, do, 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 do. you know, you just you just had to go through it. And that was a fun uh, that was a fun process to learn through. Yeah, kind of like being a little bit irreverent towards your own standards of what is and what is not a good idea just because mm -hmm. you have to keep moving. Mm -hmm. And I think that irreverence or whenever I'm like not too precious about decision making and kind of stay loose, 
that's when at the end the results I end up being more satisfied with. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so quick turnarounds, editorial. Mm-hmm. I've been mm-hmm. doing some stuff. Let me see. I mean, my memory is so slippery. So I'm looking at my. Got that gummy, <laughs> that gummy memory, dude. It's uh, just goop, gooping and glopping. <laughs> so I did some stuff for for rest for a restaurant. I mm-hmm. I've been working on a on a clothing line with a Mexican brand nice. that's from Mexico City, like a streetwear, uh, and it's dope because the the whole concept of the of the clothing of, of the clothing capsule is uh, I think that's what it's called. Like when like a, a line that is made by one artist, they call them like capsules. Okay. Uh, but anyway, or like the collection, the whole the whole point mm-hmm. of the collection is trying to bring in storytelling into clothing. So like oh, there's cool. a there's like a a coach jacket that has like a dope lettering in the back and then like a little logo in the front and then on the inside it's got like a written story and uh, and some illustrations and the story is about when me and my friends were out painting on the streets in Barcelona and we got chased by the cops. Wow. Uh, there's another there's a hoodie for 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 girls that has like a an illustration of a rat and then on the the tags. And in like where it says like the brand and shit and the size, there's going to be another tag that has like a little anecdote of me hearing the rats in my apartment in New York. Uh, So it's cool. Kind of like bringing in storytelling to clothing. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've also been working for stuff in in, uh, advertisement. Uh, Right now I'm doing some stuff for for an ad, uh, an ad campaign for a, a brand of whiskey. Nice. Um, what else? Oh, I'm I'm doing all the and and so that and then right now I'm also doing all the the imagery and the decoration for a children's art and music festival in Oaxaca. Wow! So that's dope. I also this is like this this is like this past year. Listen to all of these interesting jobs. I love this. I love that. Just I mean, people hearing this, like this is the this is the the abundance of you know of 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 cool varied jobs in a in a thriving freelance career. It's so fun to just just hearing about it. I'm like, oh man, these must all be so fun. And I know you come up with such great visual solutions for everything. Yeah, it's fun. I I I dig it. yeah, I, I, I like a lot of times, you know, you get in the, into the like the day to day of like just at the end, like this is work. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's work that I dig and I don't see myself doing anything else. But like any type of work can get into a routine or can get you into a routine. Uh, so it's kind of fun to me to like re like recount right now. This is like I, I was a little bummed today in the morning and like listening to all this is like, dude, why do you have to be bummed about like, yeah, yeah, just yeah. making like dope stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. You can get used to anything, you know, you can definitely get, <laughs> you can get, you can get complacent with anything. Yeah. But, uh, that, and I've been do- working on like wood and this has all been this past year. Uh-huh. Uh, so it's been a solid year. Uh, I've taught a couple of workshops, uh, like my workshop game evolved really quickly this year. At the mm-hmm. beginning of the year, I did a, a little workshop in New York, scene making and wrist printing. And then I did another workshop, zine making, not original printing, just making zines uh, here in Mexico City in May. Then I did another one in July in Guadalajara. They were all sold out. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got hit up by this kind of Skillshare-esque company or website that's called Domestica. It's based out of Spain. And uh, they were like, yo, uh, you want to do like record a class? So I did a whole, a whole class with them. And now it's stuff online. Uh, 
at some point, if we can, I'll drop, like, let's drop the, the link there. Because if you check it out yeah. and you end up getting it, if you get it via my link, I get more dough. Cool. Um, and that's cool. But um, yeah, we'll we'll include that link in the notes in the show notes and people can click on that and and go and do your uh, do your workshop. And then you said you, you're on the back end giving some feedback and stuff. Yeah. 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 There's like homeworks and stuff. And I go in there and like just feedback and talk and just create a like create community. Nice. Uh, that was really fun, though. It was like the class, and then they got me to design the sets and uh, and also like come up with with art direction for the for the course and stuff. I mean, it was it was teamwork. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was not just me, but like right. I, I kind of had like the direction uh, of what I what I was picturing in my head, and they did a great job on via teamwork kind of make that happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, man. I mean, and aside from that, just like putting out zines and like just self-publishing and like making merch which is something that i really enjoy too Mm -hmm. now as someone who has a strong personal style a strong personal voice in their work do you approach your personal work and commercial jobs with the same thinking or do you think differently when you get a commercial job what are what are the differences in your thought process when you're working for a client if you're or if you're working for yourself if any um this is let's pause let's pause and let's just Mm -hmm. take a second to say that this is juicy dude i'm i'm happy i'm happy that we're doing this hell yeah dude that's Um, what we're all about these juicy gummy fucking podcasts and these friendships bro catching up with the homies um my my mindset is the same Mm -hmm. it's the it's just problem it's like the same problem solving Mm -hmm. and uh and i think i i'm not sure if i can say that i'm lucky or that i've been like persistent enough that i've Mm -hmm. Now I get reached out to do what I do in my personal work. Mm-hmm. So like that's why clients come to me because they've seen my personal work and they want me to do that for them. Right. So there's no difference. Right, uh, right. You don't have different styles up there. You don't have, you know, you you don't present work that is not you, right? That's yeah. one of the things that I try to talk to people a lot about if they want to have that self-driven art career, like really only having the stuff you want to get more of, you know, the stuff you want to get paid to do more of up on your website. Yeah, definitely. Because if, if, if not, like, or what people see, what people see, well, what, Hold on, my brain is brain fired. What people see of your work is what they are going to reach out to you mm-hmm. to make for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but although I, I do I do notice like I have certain like varieties of like it's the way that I approach things visually. And mm-hmm. I see like sometimes if it's editorial, like I tend to do this or sometimes if it's just my personal work, I tend to kind of like lean more towards maybe like two or three different ways of approaching things, but mm-hmm. gra- graphically. Mm-hmm. And and maybe if you looked at them, they all look the same. But in my head, it's like, oh, dude, you're you're doing or you're approaching, let's say, drawing human figures the same way. And I've be, via doing via making stuff, I've noticed that whenever I'm approached for something that that's like editorial, I tend to approach human figure that way. But it's not mm-hmm. something conscious. It's like something that I've noticed that I do, as opposed mm-hmm. to something doing as a decision right but yeah yeah i always am curious with that you know because i know some people have a different thought process and some people get more uptight or or you know just have a different set of thoughts about commercial work where i've always really approached it just as 
you know, getting clients to pay me to do the drawings I was going to do anyway. That's always sure, been yeah. my, my, my ethos as an illustrator. Yeah. Sometimes I say like, it's, it's almost like tricking someone mm-hmm, to pay you mm-hmm. to do what you want to do. Yeah. It's a nice way of tricking them. It's like, you know, that's what I always say about it. Your case is like a nice way of, of <laughs> tricking them because they're very happy too. And you're very happy and it's a win-win proposition, but yeah, it's like, yeah. ha, I get to do what I was going to do. Uh-huh, yeah. yeah. Ooh, <laughs> yeah. Dude, I, I was trying, I tried to do that with, uh, with this thing for Oaxaca where I've been really wanting to work, uh, to make a big poster that's printed in offset, mm-hmm. uh, but using spot colors which is if for people who don't know oh maybe this is too much explanation spot colors is just when you use a color like an ink that's like direct and it's and the image that you're printing is a combination of those colors but not via cmyk if anything you can just google it spot color but anyway yeah um and i wanted to print something big just because via spot via uh, offset and doing spot colors you can mimic the same like riso printed aesthetics just in Mm -hmm. big and uh and we were going to do it. And I was like, oh, yes. It was one of those times like, sucker, like I've been wanting to do this and now you're paying me to do this. But then it didn't it didn't go through. And we ended up, we we're going to print the posters in Riso. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. But yeah. But it you, for you, it's the same. No, like I, there's no, you were saying like there's no difference. Yeah, there's that, absolutely no difference. But I'm surprised at how many people have to really be, you know, have that explained to them. You know, they think uh-huh. that, you know, they have to operate from a different place if someone's paying them to do it. But, you know, mm-hmm. they should be coming to you because you're a specialist, because they love your work. And they should be just basically saying, here's the parameters for the assignment. Go crazy. Do your thing. You know, in, yeah. in a perfect world that that's how it works. And, and, and most of the time, that's how most of my jobs have gone. So I've been... You know, again, it's 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 part, you know, you say very fortunate, you know, I feel very fortunate and very privileged to have been in that position, but it has been created deliberately, you know, that that's really, you know, always been putting, always been putting out stuff like, man, I want to be putting out stuff that people know is mine, like people see that, and they're either going to be like, I'm not interested in this at all, or like, this is the guy we got to get this guy, like, no one's doing things, no one's no one's showing us what he's showing us, no one's thinking the things he's thinking and you know developing that uniqueness as a visual artist and you know from coming from a super personal place so that I'm super hyped about my work and that's going to resonate with people you know those basic those basic ideas I think work really well because I think at the core of it a, a great visual artist is someone that shows you their unique version of life through their mind, through their eyes. So that's always what I'm trying to do. Capture my, my, my recurring dream landscape, you know, my nostalgic childhood landscape, all these things. I'm trying to share the feelings of that, you know, through the visual art and, and the, and the, in the things that I think are most interesting and intriguing about reality, you know, that that's always what I'm trying to get across. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I think the same. Uh, it's more of like a fine art mindset, but then with the business aspect of a illustrator of going out and creating a product of this and, and promoting it and, and, you know, creating a persona to deepen the intrigue in it and all these things, you know. Yeah, and it's I think it's a tricky thing because it's something that you... I mean, a lot of people talk about like your voice and what you talk about and like talk about things that are interesting to you and your work and stuff, but... To me, for a while, it seemed like like I was doing that. Mm-hmm. But then, in the past like three years, like while I was in the at the master's degree, 
um, I started producing work, and I was like, oh, okay, this is it. Like, this is, mm -hmm. it, like, I got, a, I got a sense that I started to approach things and talk about certain topics with my work that really resonated with me on a personal level. But even though I thought I was already doing that, it was like, oh, no, this is, like, this is it. And it's so it's something that, like, I don't think you can... Like you can put in the work to find it, but you cannot decide, fully decide what it is. Just because to me, it's something that it like resonates from the inside as opposed to a conscious decision to like, oh, I'm going to make work about, I don't know, like fucking birds just because right. I like birds. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I think I think you're right. It's like an ongoing conversation with yourself and like with your destiny and like with your deepest spirit and it keeps going deeper. So like I feel like each year it like deepens and ripens and you get new insights and you evolve your aesthetics more and the concepts, you know, the concepts get deeper and and go off on these little side tangents and and uh and and but yeah it's like you're guiding it but you're not like you can't just be like this is i'm gonna do this thing now you know it's like i'm, I'm gonna try this now and you throw it out into yeah. that infinite creative abyss and then stuff starts to come back and you're like oh shit like like i when i sit down at the paper it is like an abyss and i'm like okay i have these i have these weird ideas these dreamlike visions of what i want to try to capture on here aesthetically and conceptually and i kind of i'm start throwing pennies into the abyss and the ripples start coming back and I start to, you know, with the lines explore, you know, starts to take shape and I'm, oh my God, oh my God. Like, like I'm real, I just had a big breakthrough piece that I posted yesterday of the, um, of that weird UFO with the aliens mm. on it. Did you see yeah, that yeah. on Instagram? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was like a piece that's been in me for a while. Like, you know, just this, the idea of like this organic spacecraft and, and just like the coloring of it. Like I'm starting to get more adept at this, like, you know, kind of moody painterly concept, you know, visual development style of coloring that I've been practicing for the past year yeah. and I always had this idea that I could capture that in my work and this is the first piece that I started to get a glimpse of it and it's it's so exciting to me I'm like oh my god like I kept just staring at that piece going like holy shit like that's the funnest thing as an illustrator right like being at this game like my whole life and as a professional for like 17 years but still you know pursuing those breakthroughs and being so excited, like, like even more than I ever have before with each new breakthrough being like, I can't believe I just did that. Like there's, right? there's something yeah. about the creative furnace that that's what really fuels it when you're, when you're pushing and pushing. And, and even before that, I was like, oh, I don't know if this piece is that good. And then I kept working on it. I pushed it over the top and then I was like, Oh my God, this is like the breakthrough that I've been looking for. Like, boom. And it's like, it's like a nuclear creative blast. And you're like, Holy shit. Yeah, like you, I you fucking feed off. What? I call it I call it the vitamin. Yeah. Um, and it's something that I feel that I'm kind of like I'm addicted to. Oh, that's that's, that's the like, greatest that, addiction. That, that's why <laughs> like that's why I make this stuff cuz like totally. the 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 satisfaction that I get from creating something and then finishing it and looking at it and I'm like what the fuck like I made this. You yeah, know, you get totally. so fucking stoked. It's like that yeah. that juice I don't get it from anywhere else. Totally. And I've noticed that uh, and it doesn't have to be like a finished piece, but like some, there's something about like moving forward as an artist that gives me that vitamin. Like there could be, I don't know, a day where I sit down and like I work for X amount of hours. And then at the end, the result is not what I was looking for. But I know that I put in the hours. It's like, OK, that's that gives me that same vitamin. But whenever I finish, totally. something, I'm like, what the fuck? Like I and I put it on my phone just because I want to look at it over and over and again. I, it blows my mind that I made it. Yeah. It's like 
I'm addicted to that. And to um, that, I think that's why I continue doing this because I don't get that from anywhere else. And also I've noticed that like if there's some time, like if time passes or, or if I don't get this vitamin every so much time or ever so often, I start getting bumped. Yeah. So it's like it's almost like like survive like sur, sur, surveillance or no like sur, surviving or survival like survival you know it's like yeah. I gotta get that vitamin because I haven't found it anywhere else. Yeah, uh, it is nutrients to that creative spirit, and if you are an actively creative person, yeah, the void of that it it, it does make you feel weird. If I'm not being creative, I get in definitely a funk. I feel weird. I just feel not like myself somehow you know and it doesn't yeah, happen very yeah. often but but if it does happen it's like oh well, it's a very awkward feeling it's like why don't I feel like myself it's like oh because I haven't been getting that breakthrough fix that that deep digging that disappearance of my of myself into the creative fucking infinite universe you know it's like because that's what it is I'm telling you it's the vitamin yeah yeah that, that infinite vitamin dude crawling on those fucking little vitamin pieces man <laughs> eating that up getting those nutrients and you you can it's a it's an adept that's a that's a a fitting uh metaphor for you because i remember when you came to go scout training camp you had all those little daily vitamin packets that you would oh, take yeah. you're like pre-sorted like a little a little pouch with like all these different little vitamins in it and you would take yeah. them. yeah 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 that's awesome yeah, man, there's nothing, there is really nothing better than being in that flow state and, 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 and having the rewards of it and, and, and you know, posting up that piece and getting that, oh my God, that rush of just like looking at it and like, oh my God, I did that. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. still, it's still amazing. It makes you just feel like a little kid, you know, it really does. Yeah, for sure. It's fun to be a fan of your own work. I find it weird when people like aren't fans of their own stuff. They're like, "Oh, I hate my work. I can't even look at it." I'm like, "Ah, that's insane to me. Like, I right? can't, how could how could you even do it? How could you even sit there and work on it?" Yeah, definitely. There's people who who are, uh, I mean, conversations that I've had with other artists, and they're like, "Yeah, I usually don't like my work," and I'm like, "Are you kidding me? Like, I love like." I look at certain things that I make and I'm like, this is sick. And like, I pat myself on the back and I'm like, I'd love, I love this, you know? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. I'm my plus, biggest like, fan. Like, I'm definitely uh, my biggest yeah. fan. Like, I'm like, dude, you're the man. Like when I do a piece like that, I'm like, fucking, you're the best artist in the world. Like I yeah. hate myself up so much. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh my so God. yeah, I don't, I, I don't, I also don't understand how people can do this on the daily without getting just, that satisfaction of uh of producing the work yeah yeah there's definitely there's definitely a struggle in in most pieces where i'm like oh god this is like not good i'm not enjoying this but it just means that i just need to push through it push forward on it i might be a little off or whatever you know and then just push through and get into that flow state where i'm gone and it's just coming to me you know yeah for sure i i i there's definitely with me. There's also like a hater stage mm -hmm. uh, that I I just don't like the piece that I'm making. Like mm -hmm. I usually like I make a sketch and then I get the idea via the sketch and I'm like this is dope and then I start working on it. And I'm like oh this is dope. This is dope. And I'm like this sucks. Like this yeah. is really like this is not working. <laughs> yeah, totally. And I know then I know like okay you're at the hater stage. Just like power through. Totally. And then all of a sudden there's something that gets me stoked stoked again and I just keep on going or also, there's like that doesn't go away. And then it's just like, okay, cool. Well, 
I finished the piece and I don't feel satisfied with it, but that's also okay. Like, I think like if we're doing this on the daily, it's kind of utopian to think that every piece that you make is going to get you mad stoked. I think that's like, to me, that's like one of the most important like changes of mind that I've had to make just to make this sustainable uh, mentally is understanding that not everything has to be good. And the, like the goal of making things and sitting down and drawing is not to make something that I think it's cool. Mm-hmm. It's to sit down and draw. And I also mm-hmm. like, even in my head, I try to erase the word like cool. Is this cool or not? It's just more like satisfaction. So it's like mm-hmm. the goal of sitting down and making things is to sit down and make things. And via that, then every now and then I'm going to run into things that I feel satisfied with. And then I'll try to pursue those things. But that's not the goal. That's like a byproduct of sitting down and doing the work. Right. Because a lot of like sitting down with like, I don't know, an empty uh, or like a clean page. You're like, all right, this is going to be the dopest piece that I make. My brain goes like, fuck no, dude. Like, I'm not going to work. Like, this is too much. Right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. It's like a lateral gain of working. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I can relate to that. I mean, I definitely I definitely feel like I try to make my best piece every time, but that's because I'm just trying to really psych myself into it and I can feed on that, but you know, you know, probably two out of three pieces are they're good, but like I'm looking at them and I'm like, ah, oh, like, you know, I did I didn't quite somehow I didn't quite get to where I wanted to, but then the pieces after that will, it's all a cumulative process and, and being, being, you know, you, you give your best effort and, you know, just sometimes the, the absolute like organic, pure magic, you know, you've done enough work ahead of time and it all comes together or, or that's just more of a, of a, of an exploratory transitional piece where you're trying out some new stuff. You haven't quite figured it out yet, but you've gotten, you've gotten that much closer to fine tuning it. And, and each piece you do gets you closer to that next breakthrough. And then you get the one that's like the absolute knock you on your dick fucking boom. This is changing my, my, my whole ideas about about what I'm doing next type of piece, you know, yeah. but, but, but yeah, having that feeling and, and something that I've been thinking about lately is yeah, being more okay with the days that I am off at my desk, like that I've done everything to prepare, but for some reason I sit down, I'm just having an off day that used to really f- bum me out and really like existentially frustrate me. And now I'm much better at just being like, ah, eh, it was an off day. That's okay. You know what? I'm going to go to sleep. Uh, my brain's going to put all the heart, all the stuff I was trying to get together, you know, mm-hmm. today it's going to, you know, it's, it's, it's going to put it all together in the night. And the next time I sit down and draw, it is going to come together. It is going to be there. And like knowing that much more and just being okay with it. Like, man, I put in my best effort today and I ended up with less than I started with, but that's all part of the game. You know, that's me trying to get better at it. Yeah. I, well, I think that's the, to me, that's like a healthy way to approach it where Mm. it's like the, the, the only thing that you can do is give your best. Yeah. And then sometimes your best is going to bring your results that you are satisfied with. And sometimes your best is not going to bring you the results you're satisfied with. But mm-hmm. the only thing that you can do is put in 100%. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. Nice. And now you were saying, um, you said something about uh, you're doing the the design for like a children's festival or something. What was that you said? Yeah, uh, it's a children's music and arts festival in Oaxaca. Mm-hmm. 
and the Oaxaca Children's Museum. That is the museum is in 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 a uh, abandoned train station. How dope is that? Wow! Like they re they, they just like re uh, I don't know how to say that in English, but there was just like an old train station. They were like, all right, we're gonna make the museum here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, they and, re- uh, repurposed it. Repurposed yeah, it. Repurposed. Yeah, and uh, I I'm doing a a poster, a big poster, and it's dope. It's just like animals. Uh, playing music and jamming and uh and another uh, w- one thing that i think is cool too is that the outlines of the instruments are connect the dots so that the little kids kind of finish off the poster oh uh, wow that's awesome yeah yeah and it's been it's been a lot of fun dude I, I i really enjoyed just drawing animals doing shit and having fun so to me that was like yeah you want that that's my like that's my gig so it's yeah. a poster and then i also have to make some characters that are also playing music but they're going to be cut out and like used as kind of like set decorations. And uh, that's it. Yeah, that's cool. That sounds really fun. Yeah. And, and now are you going to do that in Illustrator so that it can vector up? Is that the idea? No, I don't really work in Illustrator at all. Okay. Um, I just do it true to size and have like mm-hmm. this. Massive oh, right. Box. Oh, yeah. Oh, right. Because I was thinking it was going to be blown up and be on like walls or something like that. But it's just posters. Yeah, it's just this time it's just a poster. Yeah. OK, I got you. I got you. Yeah, cool. I haven't. You touch Illustrator at all. I, I like rarely ever. Do. I don't. I don't. Yeah, no, I don't. I just use I just color on Photoshop with the Cintiq now. That's that's uh, as a yeah, that's I, I never I learned how to use Illustrator and Photoshop at the same time in college, but I never used Illustrator since. Yeah, because I don't like the clean look. That's not really my thing, you know. Yeah, I like the like the raw the rawness of uh of just like scratchy lines and uh yeah mm-hmm. and like the contrast between like flat colors and then like textures and like pencily things and like wonky drawings to me that's that like i love it totally yeah so, it's funny how some people think in shapes and some people think in like line like i'm such a line-based thinker mm-hmm. but then some people are like i don't even know how you can draw like i need to be like like i mean obviously marley can draw but marley is someone who l- thinks in shapes you know she really thinks in shapes and works really well in that illustrator dynamic and uh the art director for escape from hat the animated feature that i was working on this past year mm-hmm. uh lip carmella shout out lip carmella He's fucking, his shit is so good. And he, again, thinks in shapes. He's like, I don't even know how you can, like, draw with a pencil like this. Like, I, I have to think in shapes. You know, he needs that, mm-hmm. you know, that 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 more illustratorly approach. Uh, illust- uh, <laughs> not illustratorly, but Adobe Illustrator approach to, you know, yeah. image making. And, uh, you know, it's not like he, one, one is better than the other because, you know, some people think in shapes and you can't even believe the stuff that they come up with. It's mind-blowing, you know? And I'm like, fuck, I got to think more like that. So, you know, it's just really yeah. about what comes naturally to you and how you want to bend your, how you want to bend your evolution. Yeah, I usually, when, when uh, I, I, I think, like, really shape-driven when I'm doing live drawing mm-hmm. or drawing from observation, I've loved to just like I get a highlighter and then I just make a shape of what I'm doing and like color it in. So yeah. now I have this kind of like like paper cutout and then I have to fit in the drawing with lines into mm-hmm. that shape. So that's a good to me that's a good exercise of thinking about like silhouette, like having an interesting silhouette and then kind of like figuring out how to fit 
all the information that I want from what I'm seeing into that silhouette. That's super fun. Mm -hmm. But yeah. And then you were saying that uh, you've also been making some wooden characters out of your or wooden uh, wooden figures out of your characters, right? Yeah. I feel like I've seen some of that on Instagram already. Yeah, I've been I've been posting them. They take a long time to make, so it's not something that I'm producing continuously. And also, like right now, I don't have any access to power tools. Mm-hmm. But uh, but I started making them on summer twenty, dang, summer twenty eighteen. I went to Oaxaca. It's something that I've always loved, like the Oaxacan wood carving, and uh, and I'd been wanting to go and kind of like learn about it for years like ever since i finished like at the end of when i was doing undergrad so not right now i'm 31 and that that was when i was like 24 and then Mm -hmm. in 2018 i was like fuck it i'm just gonna do it so i went there and i like worked in in a in a workshop with an artisan for a while and they were like kind of teaching me a little bit and uh and it was just so dope so i started making my own but like i use a like a carving knife and some power tools they do it all with a machete dude like machete and like kitchen knives bam bam bam, bam. wow that's so crazy you got to get the real ill style dude you got to get that shit going yeah 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 um and i was doing some like simple pieces like duck heads that's i i made a bunch of those like ducks right i think that i had like hats and pipes mm-hmm. and ducks that were smoking and um and the last one that i did is a little car of a in my head, it's like this pastry car that got robbed. So it's the 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 criminal inside the car, the little truck just driving away. That's so funny. <sighs> yeah, and uh, and I'm, I mean, I'm not the best at wood carving. Like I, my 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 knowledge is very basic. So I'm working. Remember that I said that I was doing a clothing line. Mm-hmm. Al- along with that, there's going to be an addition of wooden figures. But what's wow. cool about those is that I'm. I'm working with an artisan from Oaxaca, so I'm doing like a prototype, and then they're reproducing it, and they're also painting it and all. Yeah. Um, so it's cool. It's cool because it's like they're super fast, so the it's um, it's gonna allow the pieces to be a little bit more affordable. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, like make just make a bunch, and uh, and it's also really cool to me like working with artisans and like working with people from Mexico that this is yeah. like their craft. To me, it's like it's such an honor. So yeah. that's too. Yeah, and that tradition must. I mean, do you know how deep that tradition goes back, time-wise, into the culture? Yeah, it's fairly new. I I don't I can't pinpoint like the date, but it's mm-hmm. a fairly new craft. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's so fun. That's such a fun way to you know just you know even though even if it is a rather modern thing, even even you know you know bringing it into the you know keeping it alive you know bringing it into your career as a visual artist uh, bringing that wood carving you know and that fun painted style into that that's so cool yeah it's so okay so uh, for reference like it's it's a craft that's like new enough so -hmm. that there's second generation wood carvers that are still alive right um and they're still like in the same little town and shit. And they, they're right. like, they're like, I mean, they're old, they're like old ass grandpas, but they're still alive. Right. Um, so, yeah. 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 So a couple generations it's been going on for, that's really cool <laughs> to get into the, you know, to, to, to have a little, little, little dip into that traditional pool there. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. 
That's awesome. And uh, and so one of the things that I was I was trying to I've been I've been doing a deep dive on UFO and aliens lately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was trying to find some uh, juicy uh, Mexican UFO stuff. I didn't find any super compelling um you know mexican alien uh encounters ufo encounters there's a couple things on there nothing major um do you know of any uh alien ufo mythology sightings anything like that uh from mexico i have no clue Mm. but there's the chupacabras i mean people we used to think like maybe he was alien or like something. oh really people talk about extraterrestrial origins for chupacabra yeah I think so. Ooh, that is super spooky. Yeah. But no, not that I dang, not that I know of. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I know like I haven't in 2000... really had any, any encounter with any like I've had encounters with like spooky shit, but not alien shit. Right, right, right. Yeah, there was like some UFOs, uh, you know, there's like a there was like a bunch of UFOs spotted in Mexico by the Air Force. There was like a whole high profile uh Air Force thing in like two thousand four, I think, but then I think it turned out that they were reading the heat signatures of like an oil refinery from further away. Uh, on their heat radar as these like ufo blips and stuff so i think that one might have been successfully uh explained Mm. but that was the only really high profile one that uh that popped up now in the middle of mexico city there's a big uh is it called um pyramid of the sun is that right Mm -hmm. yeah and what is the name of it it's like tio what is it so in spanish it's pronounced teotihuacan yeah. And uh, in English would be kind of like Teotihuacan, maybe. Right, right, right. A lot of words in Spanish are kind of like tongue twisters. For me, like they're really easy to make because I'm, I mean, really easy to say and understand because I'm from here. Right. But sometimes, like when I put on the like the English speaking brain. I'm like, what the fuck is this word? Like, how do you how, how do you pronounce this? Yeah, well, it's like different com different like lengths of vowels and, and like stuff. It's like, yeah, it's kind of weird. Like, I was like saying it, but then when you go to read it, like I had it, but then I go to read it and I'm like, Teotihuacan. Like, what? You know, it's like trying hard to figure out. But uh, but yeah, so there's this big uh ancient temple in the middle of mexico city there and i saw some kind of maybe more conspiracy theory minded speculation that uh you know there could be some alien involvement in the construction of this temple what do you think about maybe some alien origins of some of these ancient cultures do you buy into the fact that ancient cultures might have been in contact with uh you know some extraterrestrial life forms maybe getting some technology maybe getting some ideas you know you think there's any kind of exchange like that going on um yeah i mean um, i i feel like it's definitely possible i mean mm-hmm. so the thing is that in my head if you think about humanity and like how much we've existed it's like yeah we've existed for a bunch of years but also when you look at that within the perspective of the length of time and infinity like we're just a blip in existence right, right? Mm-hmm. so then thinking that as humans we know all of what like existing is about and like religion and like fucking afterlife and just like like if you look at us and what we know from a certain perspective like we don't know shit yeah i think human perception is like incredibly limited yeah yeah so to me it's like like a lot of things like it could be possible that as we're speaking there's like different 
life forms living through us and like it like through like in our world but just in a dimension that we cannot perceive and we cannot even think that it exists and our technology is not capable of even like just measuring you know what i'm saying like totally like there's certain things that we could not even imagine and and we think that we know everything because we've been here for a minute and we have technology that shows us certain things but like they could show they could they could be showing us like a fucking like i don't know i just just a little piece of the pie of what is existing around us totally oof long monologue but uh no, anyway. <laughs> no, I, I feel you on that i absolutely feel you on that yeah just the just the spectrum in which like our eyes and ears and stuff work as we know just from other creatures on this planet is incredibly limited right there's a lot of creatures that can perceive stuff that we can't um so yeah i mean just even on that level but i'm a, i'm 100 percent convinced that you know aliens visit whatever that means if it's like time travelers or you know other dimensions crossing over i don't know if it means it's coming from outer space but i'm definitely convinced that that stuff is going on um now have you do you have you ever hung out around that temple is that like a cool like what is the vibe of this of this temple right in the middle it must be cool to it must be cool to have this this ancient temple right in the middle of a modern city like that's something that obviously uh we don't have as much of uh you know up in north america up in north north america um do you ever do you ever kind of get any cool vibes from that place do you ever just think about what it looked like when that place was built there when you're seeing it well um it's not really i mean it's it's not really like in the middle of the city uh-huh, uh-huh. it's it's a drive mm-hmm. so um do people live around it uh i think so i mean it's like it's like in let's see from where i'm at right now which is kind of like close-ish to downtown mexico city it takes Teotihuacan. i'm gonna tell i'm gonna tell you how okay. long of a, of a drive so it is an hour away from the city mm-hmm. that's so, pretty cool though that's pretty close yeah uh i haven't now, been have there you in been a long there? Last time yeah i've been i i was uh I, I was there when i was like young with my family but i can't even remember the thing is like those are like and this is not like uh it's not necessarily the way it should be but like i've grown up knowing that those are there and kind of seeing pictures and at some point i went there that i'm like kind of used to their existence and they don't blow my mind anymore mm. and just like yeah the pyramids are there right um but it'd be cool to go there in a minute like there's a, a, a very cool museum it's called the anthropology museum that's actually pretty close from my studio and uh, they have a ton of shit from like just like old stone heads and like a bunch of shit from that era and it is cool to go and see and i do wonder like i look at things and it's like it blows my mind like how many like how long these things have existed and like if you could show how and and how many kind of like different situations this objects have been in totally like i like imagining i like imagining that i'm like wow yeah 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 yeah, this is incredible because I always, you know, I, I love it when I even just come across 
old stone foundations, old ruins out in the woods. You know, I think of, you know, it's one of my favorite things growing up is when we come across an old cellar hole. Like I love like ruins and, and old things. You know, we had this thing called the monk's cave that was in the forest behind my house growing up. And it was a native American like burial chamber. And we used to be obsessed with going out there and crawling through it and going down and thinking about all the supernatural powers it had and like all the stuff that had been happening around there like i mean it'd be so fun to be able to see all that stuff i love that yeah 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 well exploring exploring is something that i really enjoy like yeah. go, i don't know being in a like going to an abandoned place that you can kind of like sneak into and just exploring around even if it's like just an abandoned factory or like an abandoned apartment complex or something but just exploring yeah. around is so dope and walking dude walking around in the forest is so fun uh yes I, I, yes. I remembered the feeling a little bit last week when I was up in Toronto. Uh, me and my friend went on a little hike on this, like, trail that's in Toronto that's kind of woodsy. Like, you can still look and see, look around and see houses, but, like, it's kind of like a little chunk of the woods. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it was so fun just exploring around. I was like, I, I told her, like, yo, we got to go and, like, visit Ghost, uh, ghost Room and... Uh, just stay in the cabins for a little bit and just be out in the woods exploring around. It's so fun. Hell yeah. It's the most magical feeling because everything is alive. Like literally you're surrounded by so much life force and weird life forms, you know, uh, it's just, you know, I don't know. They, I really feel that. I really just feel the energy from that and the mystery and the spookiness and the imagination of it all, how everything came to be this way. And also that these things are like on a different time scale than us. Like it seems like plants are just standing still, but really they're just growing all the time. They're just, we're like little ants. Like if it was, if it was time-lapse, we'd be zipping around and they're just growing and opening and going on this steady thing. And we're just zipping around them on this like hyper time scale, but they're just all there thriving and, and reaching up with their roots are reaching under the ground. And then all the, you know, upper parts of their foliage are just straining to get more sunlight from this fucking burning inferno out in outer space. It's like so crazy. When you really can like be, be there and experience it and also be like mindful about how a magical and mysterious and amazing actually it all is like how improbable everything is that you're just part of. It can just be like, I love being in that headspace every day. That's one of the things that really keeps my imagination alive. That, that was an insight that I had, you know, going, tying it back to, you know, leaving, deciding to leave New York city. I was realizing like, I didn't feel as much of that magic. Like I felt really connected mm-hmm. to, to, to like to like the culture like hip-hop culture in new york city and and art culture and all these things but i was like i'm missing i'm kind of missing feeling that glow of the natural world and the vibe of the forest and growing up in the forest and stuff and that's really where a lot of my crazy energy and crazy imagination comes from and Uh and having the intuition that i needed to get back to that power source was a key intuition for my life like you know, and, and, and obviously I've just gone further and further down that rabbit hole and deeper, deeper into the to the forest and just fucking love living in the forest. Yeah. Um, we I got kind of like in the headspace to last week in another situation when in Toronto because we went to the zoo. And mm-hmm. uh, I mean, when going to the zoo, 
for me, like, it's a given, like, okay, it, this sucks. Like, the zoo, there's, like, a very, very, very sad part about yeah. just animals being in captivity. It's definitely problematic. Uh, and it's like, oh, this sucks, but, like, if I can get past that, it's just kind of cool to see this animals. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, and we're so used to animals. Like, I mean, you're born and, like, you exist as a human and also you know that there are animals. And you mm-hmm. see them and it's like, oh, cool, those are animals. But, like, dude, they're, like, weird-ass creatures. Like, I, I, was totally. looking at a, I was looking at a giraffe and I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, it, you know what I'm saying? Like, you take yeah. it as an animal, but, like, if you step back a little bit, you're like, wow, this is this is just really weird. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny knowing about all this stuff and like you grow up like this is a zebra. You know, it's like some piece of a it's like a literally like a kid's puzzle that you're putting together. They're like, it's a zebra and an elephant. But like imagine being in the times where you didn't know what things were and you're like an explorer and you come out into a savanna and there's giraffes out there. And you're like, what the fuck is that? Like nobody's even explained to you that you're going to see this thing. Like, you know, I think, yeah, this is like so much of our, our sense of you know, uh, I don't know, maybe it's harder for people to be awed by these things just because we're so used to them. But yeah, I mean, finding I think that we take it for granted. All. Yeah, totally. We it's so easy it to take granted. it for granted. Yeah. Because of how yeah. much information is out there now. And you can just like pop open YouTube and like see videos of giraffe. And like when you do that with your kids, they're like, what the fuck? But then after that, yeah, it's maybe more like normalized. You're like, oh, that exists. And these are animals. And yeah, you like categorize it. Like it's weird how humans categorize information and then like normalize it and you're like that's normal now like a giraffe is normal now and like a rhinoceros is normal now and like you know and then you'll find even stranger creatures like deep sea weird fucking glowing creatures and then that'll make you feel that like well what the fuck is that you know yeah yeah, it's like so easy to get used to it (laughs) it's a weird thing it's a weird thing that's one of the things like i think like, you know, uh, weed to a certain extent can remove some of that normality or like psychedelics mm-hmm. really do all the way. Like if you're on psychedelics, it's like you're just looking at a tree and you're like, this tree is the craziest thing. Like, what is it doing with these branches? And like it's you really can feel that you're like, it's reaching out like, you know, you can really the psychedelics tap you back into that sense of awe. That's one of the reasons I really think that that can be a very powerful thing to do from time to time to really remind you that you are this life force this this strange animal that's on this it's in this super un unnormal and magical situation you know that can really i I really think that's a good thing to do yeah now i forget are you into are you into doing psychedelics theoretically yeah but i have never done psychedelics I've only (laughs) in theory yes (laughs) yeah the thing is like for a long ass time I didn't like I didn't really trust my brain to do psychedelics right Um, yeah you didn't even smoke weed right because you were you would have kind of like just weird psychological trip ups and stuff yeah I'd get like mega 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 anxious and stuff Mm -hmm. and uh so recently uh, I mean I don't know for the past maybe like two years, I was smoking a lot. Oh, not a lot. No, no, that's not true. A lot can mean different things to different people. But like, right. I was a consumer, like a yeah, like a consumer of weed. Um, like smoking every day. Um, I don't know if every every day, but like you know, like more than a few days a week for sure. Right. And okay. kind of like changing like my substance of uh, choice mm-hmm. from like alcohol. Although I I've never really drank that much alcohol. Uh, but like, instead of, I don't know, 
drinking a six pack i'd rather like drink three beers and smoke a little bit and that would be right like that's where i want to be yeah. uh, but right right now i'm taking a little break from weed because i was getting like anxious again mm. uh, but what i was going to say is like i feel like now i'm at a spot where like i'm starting like i i now trust my brain yeah uh, um, and it's psychedelics psychedelics is something that i that i definitely want to do like i want to do i don't know mushrooms and um mm-hmm. I don't know acid. I'd be interested in doing that too, but I gotta be I, I gotta be like in the right headspace. Yeah. Uh, but for sure, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah. Uh, you that's know, why I say in theory, like I wish I wish right. I could give a fuck, and I was like, oh yeah, let's do mushrooms right now. Uh, right, right, right. No, it's definitely not something you want to do on a whim. I mean, you really want to have you want to be you want to have the right. It's called set and setting, right? That's the yeah. those are the kind of a coined terms about psychedelics, and it's it's so it's so true. It's so important. Um, yeah, that that to be around the right people and in the right place, and you know, not have any uh, stressful, complicated situations arise. You know, hopefully, um, you know, and uh, and yeah, there can be there can definitely be a lot gain from it we of course have the perfect setup here with the cabins and all that stuff you know it's a great little psychedelic playground um yeah that i've been i've been doing some of that the last couple of years i'll be getting back into that and that's been that's been really fun and i think super beneficial i've i feel way more chill than i felt because i hadn't done any as a parent yet until like the last couple mm-hmm. of years and uh, i feel like it's yeah given me better insight into just like going with the flow being chill um being able to be motivated but also chill within the motivation not being like just all out motivated all the time like i don't know i yeah. think it's it's good from time to time to do it because it really you know one of the reasons i like weed is that it shifts your it shifts your viewpoint of reality and then it mm-hmm. It, it by doing that it shows you that reality is this thing that is subjective and can be controlled and can be created and and destroyed and you know that that really you're interacting with this thing it's not just something that's happening to you and then psychedelics even more so it really takes you further out and you realize that there's all these realities and and your mind is just oh, open yo, to all can, these different that can get spooky though it's like, very spooky that's why like, that can, i mean that's that that's why too... it's not yeah um just the, the the whole of like how much like what I said that I find amusing and it's like how how little we in my opinion like there's a big possibility that everything that we think we know and like we're so sure of it's like nothing right or like what do we know you know like when someone claims to have like the absolute truth about like afterlife is like what the how the fuck do you know like we right. you've been alive for like 30 years and also as humanity we've been existing for this amount of time what do we know about existence right. like that it's amazing and it also carries a little percentage of like spookiness of like yeah. okay so then what the fuck am i like i'm gonna die and like sometimes i'm really peaceful with the fact that like i don't you know the uncertainty of existence yeah and sometimes that can spook me out right yeah i think there always is a spooky element to it as i think there's always a spooky element to life because like i always kind of keep those things in mind i feel like and like that's, I mean, to me, just like living in the woods is is kind of spooky. There's, I like having, I like being comfortable and keeping that spookiness kind of in your heart a little bit, being okay with the, with the fact that you know it is very kind of spooky and and you're in the you're in the ocean, but there's these infinite depths to the ocean and there's 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 creatures down there and some of them are wonderful and some of them are demonic and scary and the worst things you can imagine, you know, that it's all out there and it's all you know it's it's in you and it's outside 
outside and it's all kind of made of the same thing that that to me is you know is sort of being comfortable with that is the essence of it right is just like yeah. when you get those realizations just being like okay okay that's cool i'm i'm rolling with it you know and that's you yeah. just like kind of let it keep going you don't you don't tense up and try to try to control it or keep it or cuz you can't change any of it anyway so it's like this zen thing of acceptance you know and and i think that's yeah. where it fits in of me going like oh okay like i don't need to force things i can i can i can go with the flow a little bit i used to be afraid if i went with the flow that i would lose things but now i'm more confident that okay i can i can be motivated but still chill within that motivation it's made me a more balanced person yeah for sure yeah and the, the spookiness that i'm talking about it's more like it's more like ex, like existential personally like on a yeah. personal level um like the thought like oh yeah we're just like life that's like i'm driving this body car that i was put in somehow you know like that all those things are amazing and equally kind of spooky right Um, but i dig it i mean most of the time i'm I'm okay with it and it's something that i practice just being being okay with the uncertainty uh and not trying to not try to make sense of of everything yeah um Mm -hmm. but yeah yeah, now now when you're smoking weed, do you ever do you ever do the edibles? Do you ever eat the weed? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I've been doing that most mostly now. That's pretty much mostly how I consume weed every day. I cook oh, it yeah? up in little peanut butter crackers. You know, I grind oh, it yeah. up and, and make little peanut butter crackers with it, and I cut them up into four squares and eat like one in the morning, one in the afternoon type of vibe. Mm-hmm. And uh, I started experimenting with that probably like last year, probably for like a little more than a year. I've been exclusively, pretty much exclusively eating it. And I, I love it. I find it much more of a deep experience and a rich experience. You're getting much more of the THC. Um, and once you kind of figure out the dosages and, and what's a comfortable vibe and then what's like, like, okay, if I'm just, if I'm just having a normal day and I want to be able to go out and about, I'm going to eat this. And then if I want to just sit here and go deep in the zone, I'll eat another one, you know, but I've, I found that it's, it's, it's much less manic too. Cause I find like when I smoke, like I can, you know, you get that immediate high and the rush and then you're sort of on the come down. Whereas when you eat, it's reversed. You eat it and it slowly ramps up and then you stay in that zone for a way longer time. Yeah. So it's like it, it, it gets the sometimes I can even get distracted by like. You know, I'll be in the, I'll be drawing in the zone, get the music going, and I'll like rip some bong hits, and I'm like at the peak of highness, and I'm in the flow state, and I'm like, yeah. And then maybe a couple hours later, I'll be like, I'm gonna get back in there and do it again. So I can, if it, it can become more of like a manic thing where I'm like, you know, I might smoke four or five times in in like uh in the morning, you know, if I'm really mm-hmm. like feeling that vibe. But then I'll be more burnt out, and and I'll be like, ah, oh, like. You know, that's not the most sustainable way to do it. So, yeah, I found that eating it is a much more like natural and healthy and and then I don't have to deal with the smoke. It's mostly because my dad has all this like throat cancer and all this shit and I don't want to, you know, put smoke in my lungs and my throat and all that stuff every day. But I found that I found that doing the edibles is I feel like it really yeah, it's, it's really good. I really love it. I really recommend it. Yeah, I was eating. I I had some gummies uh the other day in toronto mm-hmm. and i was i was i was um um it caught me by surprise how quickly i i felt the mm-hmm. the stoneness i guess or the 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 yeah 
yeah no, sorry my, my, my mind has like language fart or like, like <laughs> yeah, brain, no, that language, works. language brain farts but yeah uh because we had we had a little bit and then we went to a coffee shop and what and this might have been i don't know like 15 minutes or maybe 20 and then while i was at the coffee shop i was already like i was very giggly and i was like oh wait what's up yeah. uh, but my friend sydney says that we smoked a little bit before we went uh which i don't remember i don't think so but you know so it's up in a debate uh but yeah one thing uh, although i've never been a a a guy that like likes being stoned all day because one of the things that i like about smoking weed is the difference and the contrast between being sober and being high so if i'm high all day then i don't get that contrast Mm -hmm. Uh, um, and that that contrast is something that i really enjoy so i usually work and and you and i don't smoke when i have to work Mm -hmm. or like i don't usually smoke during the day it Mm -hmm. would be more like okay the day's over i'm gonna smoke a little bit and just chill yeah more of a recreational thing Mm -hmm. yeah 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 i definitely do it on a professional level (laughs) like waking (laughs) up waking up and getting into it and and you know doing kind of all the things i need to do in that zone but i do know what you mean i like the contrast and i will i will take breaks like not long ago i took like a two-week break just to kind of reset and re-clear and and yeah like the days that you know i take wolfie uh you know now it's like every sunday i take him skiing and there'll be naturally days where it's just not as conducive to it so i don't do it and i like that day the day where you're like in that sober thinking mindset um but yeah my i have more of a healthy mindset when i'm on it 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 because i'm such like a hyperactive impulsive person it mm-hmm. somehow balances me out in a way and especially the eating of it because again it's more gradual it's mm-hmm. less of the i'm either super high or like coming down or like low like not low but like you know you're like at the peak of being high and then you're you know there's more of like spikes when you're smoking it and and you know in between smoking it and when you're <laughs> eating it it's much more of like this sustainable level and i find it I find it kind of almost a mental in-between of, of getting that magical thinking that comes with weed, but also having access to a lot more of like the normalized sober thought process too, which is kind of cool. Word. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So what else? Do you have any other thoughts on your mind? Do you have any other kind of vibes of life, uh, going on at this point for you in your life? And, you know what's what's what else is going down? Um, what vibes I have? Right Any now? other thoughts that have been really like you know? Right now I'm on this deep dive with alien investigations, and that's like consuming my mind so much. And my yeah. and my artwork that I've been making and posting, and that's so much fun. Is have you been on, on any, have you been on any obsessions or kicks or anything like that lately? Anything really fascinating you? Um. I guess what I've been fascinated on understanding how to make comics that I feel mm-hmm. um, that that communicate what I want to communicate, and because I haven't really been doing comics that much, mm-hmm. and uh, and I started making like four panels, four panel comics maybe uh, back in May, and kind of like having a way out of, or, or I guess. I'm going to start again. Like I'm starting, I'm stoked about starting to communicate things that resonate with, 
me in a more like a like an in an innocent level mm-hmm. with work. Um, that's something that I've been getting stoked about. Mm-hmm. Oh no! Yo, you, okay. Yeah. 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 No, okay. That that was kind of like okay. I have nothing to say. I'm gonna start talking about comics. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. But something that I find that is super amazing is that it, it kind of goes along with like the the weird coincidence that existing is, but uh, just being friends and like and and having like just lovely relationships, like romantic, mm-hmm. like friendships, but also like I'm gonna go into romantic things. Mm-hmm. It's it's such a trip, dude. It's like okay, so you know how much you know what it feels to exist, right? Because you exist mm-hmm. and it, like your brain and your, your like a whole universe. So grab two of these like infinite beings, mm-hmm. put them together. And then these two infinite beings like get along in like a friendship level. And then also like get along in an intimate level. And then both like w- are interested in each other. It's just like, it's a, it's a ridiculous coincidence. Totally. It's so it's crazy. Like, to me, to, that that has been blowing my mind lately. Yeah, um, yeah, and then the kind surreal of melding. It is. And also, we yeah. take it we take it for granted. It's like, oh yeah, there's so much fish in the sea and shit. But like, nah, dog. Like, it takes so many things to align for for a, like a romantic thing to work. That like, it's it's amazingly beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, that, totally. And then and then and then to have the melding, you know, like this one infinite being and these in this other infinite being coming together and then on the on the romantic level and then sometimes on the best friend level too. If when you when your souls really start to like, you know, or or your minds or whatever, they start to meld together and you start to evolve together. You have this profound influence on each other and you start to become like this entangled being. That is like the most you know, the most amazing thing. I mean, I've experienced that now on a whole nother level. You know, I, I would, I would usually be in kind of a more long-term relationship when I was, you know, dating and stuff, be in a relationship for a year or a couple of years, you know, two, three years, you know, but now me and Athena are going on nine years and it's like, you know, by far the longest relationship I've had. And, and yeah, just like the growth together and the, and becoming this, this kind of unit together and this one thing that where you're both relying Lying on each other and and you have to go through all these phases of, of of building up trust and you know and and figuring all the ins and outs and and you know letting the letting the things go that maybe you know are hang-ups for you and and focusing on the positive things and it's like it's unbelievable man it's such a such an alchemy it's this spiritual alchemy that 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 is is you know just absolutely unbelievable. One of the most powerful parts of being a human being for sure. And I think that also exists, like I was saying on the, you know, I think, I think we start to get into that in Ghost Scouts and, and when you have these recurring really deep friendships, you know, you start to really profoundly, you know, influence each other and kind of leave bits and pieces of each other in, 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 you know, in, in your soul. I can feel little Fonzie particles in me and, you know, the little other Ghost Scout particles in me making me who I am today that I never yeah. would have been that without without the the you know the core the core friendships involved in that i mean it is truly like just mind-blowing yeah i think it's another thing that we take for granted just because like it happens and it you know and it exists but like when you think about it you're like i don't know to me it blows my mind yeah it's like what the fuck absolutely totally i love that tight how how about you um well yeah the 
Yeah, well, the thing, yeah, I've definitely been, uh, the, the thing Alien. I've been most ob- obsessed with is, <laughs> yeah, it's definitely Aliens. We've been talking about it on the podcast, and I've been doing some deep, uh, you know, just really, I've always been into it, and I've always, you know, been been kind of exploring it on a certain level and, and reading things as they come up, but I've never, like, deep, like, done a deep dive into, like, okay, what are the most convincing UFO cases? What are the most compelling alien sightings? What, you know, and really trying to suss it out and make my own kind of mental connections, you know, and all these things. So it's it's definitely very, uh, very big in my mind right now and, and very exciting and, you know, and just I'm always, like, whenever we're driving around and wherever outside now, I'm just, like, staring at the sky, like, looking for UFOs. Like, I was like, wow, I've never really, like, just stared and like been like really looking for UFOs before and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely having like a very profound impact on me. Have uh, you ever had an like some sort of like an encounter or something? No, I've never had any UFO encounters. But what what kicked off this current one, um, and I've talked about it on the pod, was that um, the first reported alien abduction in the United States. Um, happened in New Hampshire uh, in Franconia Notch down by. Did you ever do the Flume Gorge hike? Did you ever do that one where I you're think like, so. yeah, well, Francon- plat- Franconia Notch. Uh, oh, you're like walking around on a platform. Yeah, remember you're like over this. You're like in this gorge with the cliffs on either side and the rivers rushing below you, and you're walking on these like wooden deck walkways. Did you ever do that one? Yeah, with us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that, so so it was right there. That's where the right in, driving through the Franconia Notch, um, and 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 uh, you know the that that it happened on that road where <clears throat> this couple from uh, New Hampshire, you know, supposedly had the first you know documented boarding of an alien ship, interacting with aliens and stuff. And of course, there's you know stories all throughout history of the Americas of 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 you know beings from the sky and stuff. But this is the first kind of modern one where people are like, we were fucking in a UFO, and there's like a historical plaque there, and there's like some stuff down there. Like we always stop at this gas station and they have this big mural on it um, of Betty and Barney Hill. Those were the people that got abducted and this alien painted on it. And we always stopped there. And for some reason, like I was like, I got to like learn all the facts of that case. And so I deep dived into that. And then that just led one thing to another. And I started getting <laughs> just deeper and deeper into, you know, one thing leading to another and, and, and getting into the more compelling. Cause there's so many, ufo claims and alien encounter claims and stuff but some of them are really truly compelling and and kind of hard to understand how it could be a hoax or a misunderstanding or something like that so those are the ones that i've been getting trying to suss those out and then letting it really infect my mind and inspire you know this this kind of alien related art that i've been doing has been super fun so warren yeah um earlier you we talked about the like putting pieces out like dope drawings and shit and you talk, you you mentioned the one that you just posted mm-hmm. and uh i gotta tell you it's really cool to see that other side of your work just because like i think like evolution like it's to me it's like art is beautiful mm-hmm. but also like let's say like the process and the evolution of an artist is also beautiful you know totally. so like so it's cool to see like this new thing that like it looks I mean, I still like your like all the work that you put out, like your old work. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is like I, I'm like, oh, OK, this is like this is like fresh. It seems like yeah. it's fresh out of the oven. And totally. uh, prop, 
props for that because I yeah. think I don't know it's hard to continue evolving as an artist the more that you do it I, I don't know no not true never no, mind no, there's some people I, well, there's, no, some, people, is, there's some people yeah. who are, but I think there's some people who like find their sweet spot and they're cool mm-hmm. with staying there totally. and that's cool you know that works for them but for me it seems like an ongoing it's like a like a snowball rolling down a hill where it's like it's never going to stop like the evolution is never going to stop right uh, yeah that's the most exciting thing to be a visual artist to me is the evolution of it you know that's always been something i've been you know really pushing for and and yeah i've had these I've had these inclinations that it would be really fun to be able to add more atmosphere and mood and lighting and and then dimensionality and you know kind of drama to to the to the illustrations that I was doing and yeah I feel like this is starting to achieve that so that's very exciting like I've had this notion for like a decade like in my mind you know mm-hmm. and finally so finally it's 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 caught up I thought it would happen like if I got back into acrylic painting and I started doing that way but you know and it's funny because you know i've been kind of anti-technology at times in my career but you know it's oh really yeah well you just (laughs) i think think it's so important to to be open-minded and 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 just follow your intuition and and let things happen and then make the decision rather than shutting doors before you even walk through them you know in your career um you know and 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 you know me getting this centic and then you know starting to get some you know interest in me doing uh you know this 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 visual development work which is you know generally faster and looser and me trying to figure out how i can do that and what's my version version of that and this whole process of of you know this past year doing just tons and tons of that kind of work and not being able to share it you know for for a while Oof, but you yeah. know being like but being like okay but now I can like now I can like you know start to do these pieces for fun and and showcase the skill level that I'm at and boom and you know being able to put that out just feels so good it's just like oh yeah, no, it's just the greatest feeling so yeah I'm very excited I'm very today I was just sitting down before we were you know, uh, you know, I knew we was going to do this pod this afternoon and I was just hanging with the kids this morning and I already filled like two pages of sketches of like of like variations of the next step in that story where these guys are like walking around with that alpaca. They're like the aliens are riding around the alpaca and like, you know, like climbing up on each other to take a huge bong hit like off a tall bong and like, you know, kind of like I'm starting to already think of more stories for these little alien guys and more visual scenarios that they're going to be in and just explore this world with them. So, yeah, it's just so fucking fun. You know, I think you always got to be, I think, you know, sometimes people that get a thriving professional career somehow, sometimes, you know, forget to also keep their personal work, you know, that much alive too. And, and I, I've always, the great thing about being a freelancer is you get these natural breaks between, uh, you know, commercial jobs, um, from time to time, and you can fill them with these wonderful personal things that, you know, kind of then fuel the, the fire of, of, of making sure that your, your professional work, your commercial work is, 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 is has that fucking that fresh spark in it too you know you got to constantly be in that being in a cycle you know i i think any kind of cycle is good for an artist where you get chances to get a different look at something to switch it up and to different assignments coming in to test your skills in different ways like I mean, kind of almost a lot of my biggest jobs I have not had the skills for when it started. Like my first professional background was done when I got hired on Adventure Time, you know, or when I was testing for Adventure Time. Like I wasn't prepared to be a background artist. 
Um, you know, conversely, when Flapjack hired me before that to be a storyboard artist, I had never done a storyboard before and I didn't really, wasn't even really that interested in it. They sort of talked me into it and tried to get me into it. And that wasn't a good fit. And I, that, mm-hmm. that wasn't a natural fit, you know? So, you know, that was a challenge I tried to step up to kind of started to get my foot in it. And then it just, you know, wasn't a good commercial fit. Wasn't a good professional fit there. Boom, that's out. But then, you know, I jump into the, you know, the adventure time background job and that's more to my liking and more of a good fit for me. Boom. It becomes, you know, everything it became with adventure time. And, uh, you know, I'd never really done just straight concept work on this level before I started doing the stuff this past year. Um, I did a little bit for SpongeBob three, which is coming out in the spring. And then I did a little bit for, uh, Penn Ward's new show, um, midnight gospel coming out, uh, in April on Netflix. And then I jumped into this big job of basically all last year working on this animated feature and, you know, kind of like kind of trying to took a little bit to get my sea legs on it, you know, kind of not knowing exactly what to do and and having to kind of learn on the job and coming into the studio and looking at the other people's work that was working on it. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, my God, like I'm not working at the right level yet. And like coming back and being like, I really need to figure out this concept coloring thing. And like <clears throat> instead of getting discouraged that you know i kind of you know i definitely had a wave of bad feelings like oh my god like i don't belong like this is i'm not ready for this like my work is not up to this standard but then going wait a minute what does that mean to me that means i want to be there that means i need to turn this around and use this motivation and you know putting in all that effort of really starting out basic in the coloring of it and then getting more and more adept at it and now being able to put up this piece to the where, or yesterday where I feel like, wow, I'm really starting to deepen this illusion and really being able to control this illusion and making this really fun illusion because I feel like visual art is all trying to capture people's imagination and suck them into this illusion. And the more whole you can make it, the more successful it is. And, and, uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, it, it, it th- those are the heights that feel so good that come from the lows where you're like, fuck, like, I, I'm not where I need to be. And then putting in a year's worth of work, like really super hard. And then coming to the point where you get that breakthrough piece of like, holy shit, this is what I've been. This is what I wanted to be able to turn in at the beginning of this job. But now I'm glad I'm here and I'm never going to be caught again, not feeling like I don't know how oh, to do that and not have yeah. that skill. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, there's a, there's a, this. I had that happen to a like a ridiculous level. Um while I was at the master's degree, and oh, I, I, I've talked about having two breakthroughs when I was doing the master's degree, but this is not mm-hmm. to to say that you need to have a master's degree to have breakthroughs. Like right, right. to me, that just meant that I like paused my life for two years and like fully focused on my work. And you can do that with school or without school. Right. But uh, but I had, I, I mean, I remember being in, in like doing the program and like having a big piece. I wanted to draw a, a dog park. And having this big ass piece of paper in front of me and not knowing how to start. And it was very frustrating because I knew that I had all the ingredients that I needed to put out, to put on the paper what I saw in my mind. But I didn't know how to mix the ingredients. Mm -hmm. And I did, um, at some point I did the zine that I still, dude, that's what I'm talking about. Being like your biggest fan, you were saying like this zine called Bird Attack. Uh, mm-hmm. that I look at it now and it's I made it in 2017 and I look at it now and it's like to me it still holds up and it's still dope as fuck but it was the first time where I was able to kind of like mix those ingredients of like cleanness and also like rawness of the sketchbook kind of feel and also like the 
like visual hierarchy of having like some things that were like really flushed out and other things that were like super scribbly and stuff. But it was the first time that I was able to make a collection of illustrations that were more than just a, like a character floating in space mm-hmm. in a void. And I remember I was like, this is like, I've been working, you know, like I, I didn't know how, how the result it was going to look like. But this, like, I've been searching for this for the past, mm-hmm. like, three or four years. Yeah. It was it's such a dope feeling. And I look at it now, and I'm like, hell yeah. Like, Yeah, totally. I know. It's so great. It's the best, man. Oh, visual artists unite. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> oh, I love it. It's the, it's the greatest. Sweet, man. Well, I think we got a lot of fucking juicy-ass content in here. We got almost an hour and a half in the books. Um, and I'm about to fucking start peeing out of my ears because I've been holding it in. It's all yeah, the way been, to the top. I've, I've been wanting to pee for a minute too. <laughs> I was like looking at the glasses around here and like I've had to pee on, on the Jesse Moynihan when when I was on the pod with Jesse Moynihan. I had to pee in a cup because we were in such a flow. I didn't want to break it. I was just like sitting there quietly peeing in oh. a cup. It's kind of weird oh. to it's kind of weird to try to hide that you're peeing. It feels weird and it's hard to do. Yeah. I, I remember when I was in LA, I was driving and I really needed to pee. So I, I peed on a, on a water bottle that I had, yeah. but you know, like the, like the, the top part, like the opening of the water bottles, so it's, yeah. you know, it's kind of small. So I had to it's like, kind of like, I didn't wedge my wiener in there, but like, yeah. I had to like really align it with, um, my pee hole and just yeah. be like, okay, do it. And then it started, dude, it, Oh, no way. I hadn't thought about this in a while. It started to fill up and I still yeah. had pee. So yeah, I totally. had to like close the thing and then I had to pull out like just oh next next exit and just like and I think I peed on a on a parking lot. Like I can't remember even where. I just opened the door and I was like Psh. Yeah. Yeah, it's so hard to stop it once it's going. You have to hold it in. You're like, "Oh my god." That's probably bad. You're going to pop. You're going to pop your shit. Yeah. That would suck if your dick popped. I feel like that would be one of the worst things that could happen. Like if you just like were looking at your dick and it was so full and it just popped and the it just shredded like a pop balloon. That would be Does horrible. It, would it hurt? Or no? I I would like in this fantasy, yeah, it yeah, would yeah. feel pretty bad. It would definitely oh, yeah. be full you'd feel it and you'd be like, Ah, you'd probably pass out. It would be too painful, you'd pass out. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that it doesn't happen. Exploding dicks. <laughs> someone's dick has probably exploded. I think someone's ball. I think I've heard stories about someone getting like hit in the nuts and like their ball rupturing, like butt, like rupturing a nut. I, I feel like you would absolutely pass out. That's like would be the most overwhelming pain you could ever feel. I feel like. Yeah, or like you can pass out, or um, your brain blocks the pain like that's right. what happened when i chopped my my finger off you knew totally. this right yeah yeah, uh, yeah. with a table saw they yeah. glued it back together but like the like it didn't hurt right like a sprained ankle hurts a lot more than a chopped off finger yeah no it's true when i broke my feet and my bone was sticking out i was just like sitting there i was in instantly in shock and i was just like you're like in a dream you're just like Oh, like my older brother was crying and I was just talking to him and he like he couldn't control himself. And I was just like sitting there like really calm. Yeah, <laughs> it's really weird. Yeah, I was just a zen as fuck. I was like, OK, you've been doing meditation for a minute. Like this is the time for you <laughs> to just chill. <laughs> totally tight. Um, yeah. So wait. So where can people find you? Uh, people can find me on Instagram is 
I mean, I have a website, but like Instagram is the place to be for me. And I am at Aldeanda, A-L-D-E-A-N-D-A. Yeah, hit me up. Tight. Cool. Well, this was a great episode. Um, we have uh, been, you know, I wanted to touch it, touch base with some of the international scouts. Um, we had uh, Chap Masterly Liam on uh, previously, and we're gonna we're gonna continue to reach out to the international scouts and get up, get reports from all over the globe about this about being creative animals in the infinite universe. So this is a great installment in that series. Word. Um, so people check out that, uh, that online course, the, the, the link will be somewhere. Uh, yep. And if, yep. It'll be in cool. the show it's, notes. Yeah. It's, uh, this is just a plug, but it's subtitled in English and Portuguese and it's like the audio is in Spanish and it's very cool. And, uh, if you get it via that link, it's better cause I get more money and yep. that's cool. Yeah. So yeah, we'll we'll definitely link that to the show notes. Send it to me. And then we just were discussing you finally being my assistant in round seven of yeah. the twelve week online group workshop that is going to take place in the springtime. We decided yeah. the stars are aligning. Um, it seems like there's going to be enough demand for uh another one in the springtime so um if you are not already on the email list for that go to goshrimglobal.com and uh hit me up and uh through the contact thing and get on the email list and get in the information loop on that Um, we've got some payment plans available and uh yeah people are already signing up for it so uh this is the official announcement i guess cool Awesome. And yeah, so that'll be really fun. We've always been talking about it and you've been an observer in some past uh, rounds of the workshop. So uh, yeah, that'll be really fun to get in there and get your flavor of uh, assisting in there and have some fun together. I'm looking forward to it for sure. Dope. All right. Well, we'll say goodbye to the listeners. Goodbye. Bye. I hope that you have a great um, rest of the day or night or whenever it is that you're listening to this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right. All right. <laughs> Another international banger. I know y'all feeling that one. I know y'all feeling those spicy tamales coming up from Mexico. Oh, love connecting with my number one man, Alfonso de Onda. He is the homie. So inspirational. Nothing makes me more jacked than seeing my friends thrive in their careers, you know. And I think he's just making smart moves. He's dialed in. His work is just, you know, always always reaching new heights. So cool. So rad to have so many inspirational people in my life. And boom, sharing it with you, right? Turning right around and sharing that hype with you. These are like phone conversations between me and my friends that we're just boom, putting on the podcast and getting on there so that you can just get some of that flavor, some of that hype in your life. Start thinking about those power moves. You know, there's been so many times in my life where I was just tuning into a radio program or a podcast or or some commentary on a DVD and you just hear a creative person say something about their process or their insight or something. And it just clicks with you click. Not everything does, but just one thing can be like, ding, ling, ling, ling. 
feeling and just set you off to make those new breakthroughs, to make those power moves, you know, to, to something that just rings in your DNA and your intuition that you can use. So we are just trying to give you just dropping nuggets on you. It's a rainstorm of nuggets just coming down on your fucking head up in here. And, uh, you know, I know that there's a lot of gems in there for people. Everybody's going to get something out of that one. Everybody. Um, we are working on some other internationals. We're working on fucking uh, shout out to fucking Ghost Scout Crab Williams in India, trying to get him on the pod. Out to Daniel Foothead in New Zealand, trying to get him on the pod. Trying to get Cheeky Buki in fucking Canada on the pod. And we're going to get my man Gummy Brady from fucking South Africa on the pod. Talking about a little aerial school alien encounter that's another super fucking juicy one we gonna get into it with my man gummy brady you know so there's lots more to come on the ghost river friends podcast couldn't be more hyped um indeed very excited to announce that we will be doing uh, round seven of the 12 week online group workshop uh in the springtime with my man Alfonso de Anda as the assistant. Um, he has observed in a few of the previous uh, um, rounds of the workshop because I knew I wanted to you know, be able to hire him as an assistant in the future. So uh, the price is right. The time is right. Everything is juicy and lined up to bring my man in. So I'm so excited that that's going to work out. And, uh, you know, y'all are in for a real treat for that one. Um, so you can go over to ghostroomglobal.com right now and uh, get on that pre-sale email list. We are selling spots. We're opening up spots right now through the mailing list. Um, so check that out. Um, and uh, we have an extended payment payment plan available for people, spreading it out over a longer lead time leading up to um, this round of the podcast. That's something that people ask for. And guess what? I heard you and I delivered. So we've got people, you know, doing, uh, you know, six installments of $200, four installments of $300, two installments of $600, however you want to split it up um, and get that, get it paid off before April when we begin. We'll be, we will be kicking it off sometime in early April. Um, and uh, that is going to be a very fun experience. So if you want to get on, get in on that, um, just uh, head over there and sign it on up. Today is Saturday, and today is the hypest day of my week. Uh, after I get this pot out, I am going to be making the hype vid and the assignment vid for this week's. Uh, it's week. What is it? Week four in the in round six of the workshop. And uh, then I'll be vid chatting with all the students today. Super fucking hype. Um, you know, I, I, uh, I can't tell you how much I just feel so euphoric and elated and just filled with inspiration. And like, it's like steroids to freaking, it's such a rush to, to be able to get in and talk creatively with all the people in the workshop all over the world. You know, we got a student in Japan this round. We got a student in Russia this round. We got a couple in the UK this round. Um, man, uh, you know, no matter where they are, no matter who they are, 
Um, it's just such a fucking blast. It's so personalized. It's really about building, you know, creative friendships and, uh, you know, real sense of camaraderie and people, you know, just, just, just really trying to make the world more creative. Um, that is really my goal. That is really, you know, if I think of something like a legacy, um, you know, or, or, you know, you know, living forever, what you want to be remembered by, I would really, want to try to have an impact on making the world more creative because I think that I truly believe that human beings are creative animals in an infinite universe and I think the problems that humanity faces are when we get away from creativity and uh, you know I think moving towards creativity is the answer you know I really do I think that creates more of a uh, you know, people relate to each other. People are inspired by each other. People want to help each other out um, in in these creative communities that we're creating. And I really think that that's such an important thing. So, so come be a part of it. You know, and you know, we got that workshop alumni group kicking. When you get out of that workshop, boom, you just go right into a pool of everybody that's taken the workshop. And there's a bunch of people in there, right? We have t- like uh, you know, ten people per round. This is you know, six, six, the sixth round already. So, you know, it's it's a growing group of hungry individuals that love to, you know, just get in there and and give great feedback and hype each other up. So, if you're looking for to to get get in as part of a creative community, it's a great spot. Um Let's see what else. Um, check out the UFO piece that I put up on Instagram um, this past week. That was definitely a breakthrough piece for me. We were talking about it a little bit on the workshop today. I mean, in the podcast today. Um, that was super hype. Super excited about that. Um, yeah, I guess that's about it. Uh, got some more stuff we'll cover in future episodes here. But uh, I got to keep it moving to get to this workshop today. So let's get to these Patreon shout outs. If you want to show some love for the podcast and get the podcast a couple days before it hits iTunes, head on over to patreon.com slash ghost shrimp and show some love at that $1 level at that green smoothie level. You get that group shout out shout out. Thank you so much to all the $1 contributors. Um, truly every dollar makes a difference and allows me to, you know, spend time doing this and spread this hype and spread this love and, uh, keep it rolling, keep it going to fold it into my business practices here. Um, and, uh, at that $2 level, you know, you get those beef stew shout outs. So we're kicking it off with this human being named Oliver Furbolg. I mean, not Oliver, Olive Furbolg. That's a, such a cool fucking name. Shout out Olive Furbolg. Get yourself some beef stew. Oh, my man, Craig Bowers. Get that beef stew. Um, get that beef stew. Shout out going to Sam Bag. You know, workshop alumni Shell Durkin is fucking backstroking in that beef stew. Big beef stew going out to my man Matt Bollinger. 
Ooh, another international workshop alumni all the way in Armenia. We got a bowl of beef stew going to Shamaram. You know she needs that meaty fuel to create those comics out there. The comics queen of Armenia. You know who else we're getting on the pod? Shamaram. We're reaching out to not only the international scouts, we're reaching out to some of those workshoppers out there to keep you hyped. You know, voices from all over the world, from all different walks of life and that's a really important thing to remember you know what i'm saying like no matter what culture someone's from no matter you know what is going on there's always more in common than there is in conflict and create and connecting through this creative medium is a way to you know boom bridge those bridge those cultures and it's just fucking amazing Big shout out to my man, Seth Bird, a.k.a. Ghost Scout Butterflash. Oh, workshop alumni. Oh, no, not yet. <laughs> I'm jumping the gun. Big shout out to my man, Gerard Jones. I know Gerard Jones wants to get in that workshop. Sign up for round seven, homie. Oh, uh, we got a workshop alumni right here. My man, Bobby Morgan, a.k.a. Nobby Wood. Big shout out to my man, Chris Burke. Big shout out to workshop alumni, Alejandro Fuentes. My man, Los Focos, getting that beef stew. Big shout out to workshop alumni, Jesse Primo. Big shout out to my neighbor and newest, bestest friend, Kent Osborne, supporting his own episode of the podcast. So, you know, when we shout someone, when we shout out people, this is for supporting the previous episode of the pod. So this is for supporting the Kent Osborne dream episode. So big shout outs to everybody who showing some love we got my man chris murray aka ghost scout mr husband and workshop alumni check in all the boxes we got another fucking ghost scout my man frogodile dundee aka steve winfield meyer We've got my man, Michael Broncado. Big shout out to stop motion legend, living legend, Anthony Scott. We've got Ghost Scout Sports Magic, a.k.a. Daniel Foothead. Big shout-out going to Ghost Scout Cheeky Bookie, a.k.a. Alexi Giroux. Big shout-out to Hollywood Hotshot Director Mark Osborne. Big shout-out to Jesse Kukukadani, the original Beef Stew shout-out member. I love it. The original Beef Stew supporter. The first bowl of Beef Stew ever on this podcast, digitally served up to Jesse Kukukadani. And my man, Pratt alumni, Raphael Tanghall. Oh, shit. Fucking Raph hitting. Dude. 
I was, I can't tell you how happy I was to see that fresh artwork up. My man with the Ninja Turtles coming through. Oh shit, you know we gotta get more of that. Ooh, love it. That's that $3 level, my man, Raph. Um, and now at that $5 level, you're getting into the marinated steak tip shout outs. Fire up the grill. Ooh, let it heat up because we've got some fucking meats that are marinating and you know as always big respect big shout outs to all the vegans out there we love our vegan ghost scouts we love the vegans all over the globe so we've got vegan and non-vegan beef stew we've got vegan and non-vegan marinated steak tips so big shout out going to Pablo Meiji, a.k.a. Young Wolf T. Get that steak tip, sonny. We got another marinated steak tip going on the grill for Skylar Bloom. We've got another marinated steak tip for my man, Perpetual Output. We got a steak tip on the grill for my girl workshop alumni, Kayla Dakota. We've got a big juicy marinated steak tip going out to the homie from the Norway Brewery in Norway, Maine. You know I'm talking about Erica Melhus. Big shout out to the whole Melhus family. It is time for us to make a trek over yonder and have another visit because it's been too fucking long. And we've got a big shout-out going out to my man, Workshop Alumni, fellow Oyster River High School alumni. You know I'm talking about Zeta. And actually, wait a minute, that's not even a marinated steak tip shout-out. We have now entered the zone. We are now taking the elevator deep, deep, deeper still, into the bowels, into the intestines of... Of hell, because we are now in the realm of Satan's marinated tube steak shoutouts. You know we're talking about that thick cock dick meat <laughs> at that six dollar and sixty six cent level. We got that shout out going to my man Zeta. You know, and uh, not only is that tube steak meaty. That tube steak is also very vegan-y. Slice off a nice, juicy, marinated, a nice, juicy, marinated tube steak from Satan for my man. Round, I mean, <laughs> year six, camp champion. You know, we're talking about beard lips. You know, we're talking about Krognak. You know, we're talking about my man, John Mansfield. That that six dollar and sixty cents six cent Satan's marinated vegan tube steak. Shout outs to you, my friend. So uh, that is it for this week's episode. Um. Uh. Yeah. Keep it productive. You know. Bust out that 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 weekly planner. Bust out that dry erase board. Set some goals this week to get you 
a little bit closer to that dream life. You know, there's always, you can always figure out the best situation for where you're at right now. You know, you can't always leap right into the best situation you can think of, but you can every day position yourself a little bit closer. Every week, make a little advancements towards it. You know what I'm saying? Every month looking back and going, all right, I put in the work this month. And then every year that adds up to, wow, this year's even better than the last one. And I can't wait till next year. Getting in that world championship mindset, okay, that you are setting goals for yourself. You are putting in your best effort to engage with your destiny. I promise you, when you do that, destiny meets you halfway. Things start to come a little bit easier to you. Opportunities, you've got your eyes up, you're thinking about it, and you're starting to see the signs. You're starting to see the signposts on the road of your path. Not everybody else's path. We're talking about your motherfucking path because your path is unique and it is juicy, and I promise you, it is more amazing than you can ever fucking imagine. You just need to get your head straight. You need to bring that high morale, commit to that high morale lifestyle, fucking commit to that cheerleading squad in your mind, those voices that are hyping you up. Turn down the haters outside your mind. Turn down the haters inside your mind. Turn up that cheerleading squad. Surround yourself with positivity, with productivity in the relationships that you have on a daily basis. Make sure you are doing everything you can to set yourself up for success and you will see it start to manifest. That's how every single person on this planet has to do it. No matter where you're starting from, no matter where you're at, the challenge is your mindset. That is where everything starts. Okay, so do it up, do it right. You know what I'm saying? Stay positive, stay productive, keep that morale high, and you will hear from me soon. Peace.